That's a good call, Kratz. Don't touch my drum set. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, you look AJ so much has more a new chair. Okay. Yeah. Todd Kratz and note to myself, we're not allowed to sit in his chair. Right. You look uncomfortable, AJ. You, you, oh. you look all like, oh, I'm leaned back perfectly. Oh, you, you look great. terrible. Oh. Mm. That's a good smile. <laughs> it has, it has, it has back support. It's ergonomic. Ergonomic. It's not movie quality. <laughs> I mean, it's not quite the chair that I originally had with no support. Hence, why I've been to the doctor like seven hundred times for my back. I'm sure it's I thought the you had fault. no injuries. Well, I didn't until this. I sat in that chair over mm. there. Uh, <laughs> Whose so, fault hey, is that? Whose fault, AJ? Mark. Yep. <laughs> hey, kids, don't be a big league catcher because you might. Be good, then be on a show after your career and have a bad chair and hurt your back. And then you have to buy your own new chair. That's right. <laughs> Times are tough. All right, so we're you about to sit in it. That's it. That's fine. No it's problem. Too hard I, I won't sit in it. When soft you're... skin, you might rupture it. <laughs> when you're in here, I will not sit in it. Um, it. <laughs> Todd Rosiak's going to join us in one minute. I just want to do like a quick trivia question with you. I just came across this before we start. So. In the Athletics newsletter this morning, they put a list of the uh, leaders in career earnings per position. Do you guys know any of them besides A-Rod? I'm going to take him off the table. Like, who's made the most as a catcher? Of all time? Career earnings. I mean, Joe Maurer's got to be high. That's it. You got it. That was good. I mean, Anyone he, else that guesses? played first base that whole time. Second base, Jose Altuve. Um, it's... Oh, it's right now. Eventually, Altuve will. Ian Kinsler. Yeah. It's Robinson Cano. Yeah, Cano. Oh, I'm sorry. And also, Altuve actually might not be the guy because Todd Father, Mookie Betts is moving to second base. Oh. So then if we go years from now, Mookie's going to be higher than Altuve. Mm. It's a fun sure. game, though. Anyone else? You want to do Albert one more? Pujols, first base. Nope. I mean, shortstop's got to be Seager. No, shortstop's A-Rod. Oh, A-Rod. Well, he was third baseman, though. Right, both. I don't know how they Mike split Trout, that up. Field. Yes. Trout right. for Bryce, outfield. Bryce they just Harper. did outfield. Brayfield. Right, they did outfield. Hmm. You want me to give you first base, and then we'll go to our guest? Freddie for mm. Miggy. No. Oh, I forgot. But, about again, it gets a little long. wonky because yeah. the third Mike and Brera. the first and the whole thing. So, Miguel. anyway, for clarity on the Milwaukee Brewers situation, which is – the fresh signing of the day. Todd Rosiak joining us right now. You can follow him at Todd underscore Rosiak. Covers the Brewers for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Todd, great to have you on. Can you describe what the plan is for the Milwaukee Brewers? Not long-term, we know that, but in 2024? Yeah, the uh, the Sanchez thing, if it does come to fruition, is, is pretty interesting. Um, you know, you look at them trading away Corbin Burns last week, and uh, since then... They've taken that money that they would have, uh, you know, spent on Corbin and allocated it to Jacob Junis, now Gary Sanchez, and the two youngsters they got from the Orioles for Burns. So uh, able to plug in, plug some holes that they had existing. And uh, I, I think the, you know, kind of the plan is if Sanchez, you know, passes his physical and everything, you know, you're looking at a team that's going to be built more around um, offense and also the bullpen. And then, uh, you know, trying to piece together that starting rotation as best as possible. Okay, so this was a strictly – because I'm so confused with what the Brewers are doing. I, I can't figure it out. You trade Corbin Burns, you get two pieces back, right? But then you, you have you have William Contreras as your everyday catcher. He's pretty darn good. So where's Gary Sanchez going to play? Is he a DH? Is William Contreras okay with being a 
part-time catcher now, basically? Is he going to play first because you signed Bowers and you have – let's not forget behind the plate you have Nola and you also have Haas back there. So this, is, this to me was a confusing sign. Listen, I'm happy Gary Sanchez got some money, found a place to play, but to me it just didn't make sense the team he signed with. Yeah, yeah, all, all good questions. And, and really, um, the Brewers, if you go back the last few years, offense has needed a, a jump start for sure. And, you know, William Contreras obviously had a great year last year, uh, does real well when he's in that DH slot as well. So I think what you're going to see is kind of a combination. Uh, you're going to have Contreras and Gary Sanchez out there pretty much every day, and one of them's going to be catching, one of them's going to be going to be DHing. And, uh, you know, don't forget Reese Hoskins as well. That's another guy that I think you could see mixed into that DH role, as well as Christian Yelich, too. So, you know, this is a team that uh, two years ago had Andrew uh, McCutcheon as the DH. Was okay, not as not as good as they thought he was going to be. Last year, Jesse Winker just did not work out. So, at least they've got some, some really good uh, proven options now that they can kind of rotate through that DH spot, um, you know, to help bolster that offense. Before I ask my question, I'm just going to give a shout out to Eric Haas because I was in that situation. I thought I was coming to join a really awesome team, and then whammo, they went and got somebody else. So wear it, Eric Haas. I understand, and I feel feel for you. But my question yeah, is Eric. – No, no. My question is – Also, Nola, next? too. Don't forget about Nola. He's also there, yep. too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but Haas is on the 40-man. No, they're both non-roster. Haas is on the roster. Haas is on the 40, man. Oh, Haas is on the roster. Okay. Yeah. So they're both non-roster guys. So I feel for his plight. But what's next for the Brewers? What's Are, are there still moves? Because didn't see this move happening. We, we'd spent 10 minutes trying to find my friend Gary Sanchez a job somewhere in the game, and I did, we didn't expect it to be, you know, backing up a platinum gold glove win, a platinum glove winner. Yeah, Eric, first of all, good to see you again, man. Been a while. Always good to work with you back in the day. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, the Brewers have been very good at this. Um, I don't know if I'd call them stealth signings or stealth acquisitions, but they, they tend to wait in the weeds. And as you get closer to spring training and guys, I think, and their agents, they're getting a little bit more nervous about, hey, you know, we need a, we need a job here. You know, we got to we got to get going. Uh, the Brewers in past years have been able to land themselves um, some really good players and, and some really good deals. Uh, you know, I'm not sure how, lo how long the, uh, the conversations were going with Gary Sanchez. Um, but again, if you can add an impact bat like that, a guy who, you know, you, you can probably, if he's healthy, pencil in for, you know, anywhere between 20 and 30 homers. He's also defensively very underrated. Um, you know, I was actually surprised looking at the metrics him, uh, for him defensively. Uh, that that's an acquisition you got to make, and um, you know, it sounds like it's going to be a one year with an option. So, you know, if it works out for both parties this year, great. And then you kind of reassess uh, going into next year again. You had a, a really interesting article about you know five answers that need to be made with the Brewers. I want it might be a two part question, but. I want you to talk about this young resurgence or the resurgence of these young uh, ball players the Milwaukee Brewers have. Nine guys came up into the big leagues last year. And then my second part to that would be, you know, Christian Yelich didn't have that MP, MVP caliber season that we're used to, as, as you talked about. Can you see him kind of moving around a little bit, maybe a little DH or um, somewhere else? Yeah. Todd Father, first of all, I dug out a little uh, souvenir here. 
Remember those? Yes, yes. Nice, nice. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm good buddies with James Mims, and I uh, got oh, a huge collection of these. So thought you get a kick out of seeing that. That's awesome. Wait, describe yeah. that for the. There's a crowd later that'll listen to this and not be able to okay. see it. What do you got? So, so uh, I, I'm in my early 50s, and I grew up. Um, many, many guys wore these. They're called Mims bands, wristbands, and they had the pictures of players on them that wore them. A uh, number of Hall of Famers. And uh, Todd, at a point in his career, and he's with the Reds, uh, was lucky enough to be able to wear these. And, yep. um, you know, there's a, there's a really big kind of uh, almost a cultish following for these things. I've got hundreds of them, actually. They're kind of vintage now. So just thought Todd would get a chance, uh, kick out of seeing that again. Um, yes, for but, sure. But, for sure. Cool. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll work backwards. As far as Christian Yelich goes, great year last year, resurgence. I think everybody was really excited to see that. Um Right now, it looks like the role for him is going to be playing left field most days um, and then kind of alternating into that DH role when, when that works out best. Um, you know, the back is always going to be an issue for Christian. You know, he's on the, you, if you want to call it the wrong side of 30 right now, uh, and it did kind of bite him a little bit toward the end of last year. Um, but obviously a lot to build on for him coming out of 2023. And that, that group of young players that you talk about, just it's very exciting, I think, for Brewer fans and for the Brewers themselves. Um, you know, this is an organization that's worked really hard to bolster that farm system. And um, earlier this week, I believe it was, or maybe late last week, Baseball America ranked them as the second best farm system in baseball now behind the Orioles. Um, so you've got really that influx of young talent that came in last year, the Sal Freelicks, the Joey Weemers, the Bryce Terangs, the Abner Uribe's. And then this year, you've got guys like Robert Gasser, um, potentially Jacob Mizorowski. Uh, you know, so, so you've got Tyler Black pieces that are going to be plugged in, if not coming out of spring training very early in the season and are going to be filling really major roles for this team. So they've done a really good job of kind of threading the needle between uh, utilizing that veteran leadership and talent that you obviously need, as well as kind of that youthful exuberance that you need as well. Hey, Todd, I'll tie two questions together. So where do you put the Brewers right now in the National League Central coming off winning the division by nine games? And I'd like what the Reds did, but the rest of the division has been pretty quiet, especially the Cubs. And I want to tie that into my other question with the Brewers being pretty active uh, pre and post Burns trade. Why didn't they just pay an extra couple mil a year and keep Craig Council if they genuinely said they loved him that much? Again, I'll work backwards. I'll start with the council thing first. Um, I, I really honestly think that Craig Council was just dead set on leaving and, and trying to, I don't know if you want to call it, expand his horizons, challenge himself, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I, I didn't see him leaving uh, for just any job. I think everybody had kind of pegged him to going to the Mets. In reality, I don't think that was that was ever going to happen. The Cubs thing just turned out to be a perfect fit for him. And I think he's really going to relish kind of that fresh start and, uh, you know, the challenge that it's going to be for him to get the Cubs back to the World Series. So, you know, the, it, it was a tough probably, you know, month to six weeks here in Milwaukee for fans, you know, not, not only seeing Craig Council leave, but leave for the bitter rival. Uh, but I think the page has been turned and I think people are excited to see what Pat Murphy can do. And, um, you know, as far as the Brewers go in the Central Division, I think this is going to be, again, a division that's kind of up in the air. The, yes, the Brewers did run away with it late, but um, it was it was a pretty competitive 
throughout most of last year. And, um, you know, the Brewers certainly have questions. I think the starting pitching is obviously the biggest one, but uh, I think the Brewers did a good job of, of addressing those other needs that they have. And while I don't think I'm going to predict that they're going to run away with the division or even necessarily win it this year, I definitely think if they stay healthy and they get the contributions that they think they're going to get from everybody across the board, I, I certainly think they're going to be in the hunt uh, up there to the end. Fair. All right. I like it. Well, Todd, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see what other kind of weird, interesting moves the Brewers make over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> you got it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Todd Rosiak, you can follow all his work in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel if you want to check it out online or follow him at Todd underscore Rosiak, R-O-S-I-A-K. Before we bring in our next guest, Kratz, this is your day. <laughs> you talk up Gary Sanchez. I'm not even saying it in a mind. It is his way. Fa- like I have Corbin Burns, this one little card. Kratz has like a whole wall of Gary Sanchez stuff. And I, I will give so him credit. Many Gary Sanchez things. I did some homework, okay? Um, William Contreras was a five win player from Fangraphs Ooh. War last year. Yeah. And, and as a whole, do you know which team had the best F war among catchers? Well, it's got to be the Brewers. Six and a half. Him and Caratini. Who's gone? About $12 million. I get it. Dollars. Yeah. So give us, give us your best. I'm not knocking Gary. I, I like the move. It's just, obviously some fans are like, you're pulling out my heartstrings. What do you mean pulling out heartstrings? Well, they traded away Corbin Burns and then some of these signings are one year deals. So you're, you know, competing for 2024, which I'm always good with, but is this a world series team? Uh, you don't need to make the world series. You just need to make the playoffs. And then anything can happen with a Freddie Peralta and an all-star DL Hall. They added, they added offense here. They added a, you know, a plus 110 OPS plus somewhere in there into Gary Sanchez at a position that you're going to need to get 40 games out of your catcher. Gone are the days where A.J. Pruszynski catches 135 games a season. And so it keeps his legs fresh. They added some DH pop. And to me, it's at a low value, especially when you talk about war. So it's legit. I think it's a good signing. And like you said, I thought it, I thought it should have been a two-year deal, but this is clearly all that he had on the table from anybody. By the way, he's hitting all these homers against the Brewers. So out of the homers, he hit them. Are they all against the Brewers? No, it was well-pulled footage. <laughs> Jeez. That's the FT team behind the scenes, oh. finding the good stuff. Everybody Everybody didn't like hitting in Milwaukee. I mean, everyone liked hitting there. Yep. Todd you probably played more, more than, than all these guys. Excuse me. I did, I did like playing there. Excuse me. Yes, yeah. I did a lot. Yeah, so there you go. All right, so we'll see what happens. I don't also, know. It's just, it, just, it just is weird, like I asked the other Todd. Where does he fit? Because you have Contreras, you have Reese Hoskins at first, you have Jake Bowers, you have Haas, you have Nola there in camp. I mean, he's going to make the team, but where, where – how does he fit? It's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to watch where he fits. They don't care about telling catchers fuck off. Kratz is I'm, on the show as the prime example. No, I'm, I'm yeah, but yeah. as an everyday thing is what I'm saying. Yeah, him and William. Call call me naive. I'm I'm just confused why you do this. Get Hoskins, get Sanchez, and then you trade away your best pitcher. I that's that's where I'm confused. Maybe somebody can enlighten they were me on him. They were going to trade him away. I, yeah, I, I know, but why? Why would you do that when you get a couple other guys that fit the mold? I, I don't know. Call me crazy. If, if, also, life in baseball is about winning a World Series, if you can. Yeah. So right. 
if they got into the dance this year and their one two was Burns and Peralta and maybe Mizorowski gets really good right away or whatever, yeah, maybe they can sneak into a World Series. I don't know. Just saying. Kratz, you were away for a couple weeks, right? And there's been a few fans that have been commenting on some videos, and there was one at least just now in the chat that thinks you've been disrespecting Blue Jays fans. Do you know the context (laughs) of what I'm talking about? Because I've defended you, and I'm like, he played there, and I think he really liked it. So I was like, I think he was probably kidding. But there's a few fans that wrote on comments, I'm out. I'm not watching this show now because Kratz said that – Canadians don't know baseball or something, and I'm like trying to figure out exactly what they're talking about. It was from a certain interview they said. You're talking to like, Davis Schneider. Yeah, you're talking to Davis Schneider. Clear this mm-hmm. up. And I said, and I said, I'm probably going to get a hard time for this. I should have explained it more. I, I I came back from Africa and I saw the saw what was happening on Twitter, and by that time it was too late. Basically, <laughs> when you're in Toronto, when you're in Toronto, you will get like. Uh, let's say eight eight reporters that are in there every single day, maybe five, somewhere in there. But you will always get the random reporters that come in and they're like, that was a neat game. Did you guys always score this many runs? It wasn't a, it wasn't a shot at the fans. It was a shot at random reporters from like, just like the Toronto Sunflower. Like that come in and they're like, they don't know anything about what's going on, but they get a pass to come into the stadium and they do, they stand in the scrum with the regular people. And, and even the regular reporters will sit there and they'll be like, oh, great. You know, this person's <laughs> in here writing a, you know, a, I don't, I don't even know what the language is for reporters, but it's like, and then you won't ever see that person again. And then someone else randomly will come in the next day. So you get these, that's what was my, that was my context of the David Schneider question. Cause he was like, I know he was going through the same thing. They have awesome reporters up there. They have great fans, but I think a lot of fans took it that I was busting on the fans and eh, you know what? If, if you're not watching the show because of me, you're missing out on a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> glad you clarified that because I needed help. I was confused and that actually makes total sense. So really, you're just calling out a few reporters that are in there sometimes that don't know what they're talking about, which guess what, was the story of my life every October, where I'd be there for MLB, and you're in a scrum, and you're interviewing, and there's a few local people sometimes from the local news, a lot of times not even a sports person, and they'll come in there, and they'll ask a question right after like an 8-7 loss, and there was a blown save, and they'll ask something where you're like, oh. Now we're all fucked. This guy's not going to answer anything else cool for us because they just asked the most random, weird question at the worst time. And also those same people, I can (laughs) say it because usually they're not even in sports. It's just a few people that ruin it for everyone else. They have one go-to question and they ask it every single day. Like we're at Cubs. Chris, how much pressure do you feel right now? And they go up then we're in the next scrum. Anthony, how how much pressure do you feel right now? That literally all they ask. And I'm just like, have you watched one pitch ever in baseball? So, okay, good. I'm, I'm glad you clarified that. We got to go to our guest. <laughs> and you got some role play. And you got some role playing. Well, no, that's just real life. Yeah. I'm just reenacting a real life story. <laughs> it's not even fake. And it would, but I got, I got, I, I found out I got roasted. I found out that <laughs> Twitter was just <clears throat> welcome to the Twitter world, kid. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> and it was like, ah, man, I guess I should have cleared this up two weeks ago, but I didn't. 
Crouch, Sorry, you South Park? you're all Blue Jays fans. South Park, where they're like, we hate Canada. What was it South Park, where they went to war <laughs> with Kratz Canada? Loved, loved Toronto. That's why I was like, what are these people talking about? Hey, ready to focus on the Guardians for a few minutes? Because Let's they haven't wanted us to talk about them, but we still are going to talk about the Guardians, despite their lack of anything this offseason. Your bet MGM World Series odds for Cleveland, plus 2,500 entering last season. By midseason, plus 8,000. And at the moment, they're at plus 6,600 to win the World Series. Now, you have a better shot, obviously. You know, I don't know if you guys are interested in this. If you check out their AL division odds, they're actually third barely. I mean, they're almost second highest to win the division. So you got minus 125 twins and the Tigers, the Guardians, the Royals, the White Sox. Can I talk either of you into putting a little bit of coin down for the Guardians to win the AL Central. I'm not going down the World Series equation. Although, hey, Kratz, you said all you got to do is get in. So talk to me about the Guardians right now. I, I, I'll i take it. I'll take 375. It is enough up to grabs. They always bring up starting pitching, and we mm-hmm. talk about getting through a season needing starting pitching. Do they have enough in their lineup? No. Maybe if they still had Nolan Jones. Maybe they brought Edwin Encarnacion back again and Carlos Santana and Jan Gomes. Like, no, like gone are the days right now where they have offense. Now, could I see them maybe picking somebody up? Like, I felt like a one-year Guardians deal for Jorge Soler if his market drops. I don't think his market will drop. But I just – I like I like 375 in that division. I'm not taking 125 for the Twins, so I have to try to take somebody – Either the Tigers or the Guardians. Yeah, I think I think it's a toss-up. I mean, we th- we haven't talked about the Royals and their signings. I mean, they could be a number three, even maybe sneak a number two there. I'm not saying they'll win the division, not just yet. But yeah, it's I mean, the twins are gonna be the twins. They got a great bullpen, they got great staff. Um man, it, it it's gonna there oh it always seems it comes down to the end with these teams. So yeah, I would I would dabble a little coin on there. I just I need some offense there in Cleveland. You got to show me some life. I mean, I think the number last year from the outfield was 18 home runs. That's so, I mean, that's you're so you're brutal. screaming. Can you please give me a, a Jorge Soler? Like how how nice of a fit would that be there? That's Cody Bellinger's. How you doing? Oh well, that's that's a dream right there. But I mean, that ship sailed. There, this is a team right now that's operating. I think in what, the 26 range for payroll, 25, 26, 27, it's bottom five, whatever it is. I I can't keep up when the number's so low, it's hard for me, but but it's frustrating because the pitching's there. Like you said, Kratz, like the pitching's there. If they provided some offensive support, I feel bad for Jose Ramirez too, but I mean, you got to give me more on offense. They've made some mistakes too. I mean, they've done a a brilliant job. They pump out great pitching, but Nolan Jones for the Colorado Rockies was there. And he basically told us on this show, they said he strikes out too much. And he was like, F you, watch me. <laughs> they have a great formula. They have a great formula. I've seen it for pitching, for starting pitching. And they've done a great job of acquiring bullpen arms. The issue is when you have a year where you have seven, 18 home runs in the outfield, you have to be able to look at, like, okay, I get it. We don't want to strike out. Maybe we need to swing a little harder. I know that's not the answer, but I'm saying you need to be able to make a little bit more damage, hard contact, or pitchers aren't afraid to throw to you. 
Yeah, it's a good call on, on contact because, I mean, it's fun. I We, we talk up contact, but at the same time, 100%. I mean, you need the blend. You, you can't just be a contact team and, and win a World Series these days. I mean, we always go through it the last, what, decade. You add Homer, your opponent in the playoffs, you're usually winning. Yep. So you got to have pop. Yep, true, um, true. Anyway, this Sunday is the big game. BetMGM is giving their online sportsbook customers the opportunity to win a grand prize of up to 58 Gs if they predict the most big game prop bet questions correctly out of the eligible users. You can go to the promo tab in your app and create an entry in the big game prop bet challenge for an opportunity to win up to $58,000 if you predict the most big game prop bet questions correctly out of the eligible users. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLE. All right, so let's bring this back. Evan Drellick um, has a little news for us. He also had the Olympic stuff from yesterday. If you want to check that out and get more details, I know we touched on it quickly with Hater. We can get more in depth on it tomorrow if we'd like. Uh, but here's one from Evan. Rob Manfred said the A's need clarity, quote, in the next few months as to where they're playing after this year and prior to their move to Vegas. Quote, it's clearly going to be someplace in the West. Manfred declined to specify how many slash which locations remain in consideration. All right. So we can split the country in half and we can take that west side left chunk and at least assume that they're going to be there. I'll tell you what's going on, Todd Father. My guess is the league's getting a little pissed off because guess what? They put the schedule together for 2025 early. They start to put the whole skeleton together. And if you're missing one team, you don't know where they're going to be. It fucks things up. So everything that they've said that they're going to do, we still haven't seen renderings for the new ballpark, real renderings. They did the fake ones to get the money. Come on. We haven't seen shit. I mean, if I'm the league, I'm getting pissed at this point. They're like, listen, we pushed you through, even though we think that you're a piece of shit and you're terrible at running a business, John Fisher. But can you at least give us a location next year? Can you at least give us a sketch (laughs) of what this park's going to look like? I mean, this is like the kid in class who just doesn't even... You give him the test, he doesn't even pick up the pencil. He just doesn't care. He's like, I know you have to pass me because I'm an owner. Yeah, I'm I'm just very confused. I thought it was done. I guess it's not done. Then they're saying somewhere out in the West. I mean, what are we what are, what are we doing here? My issue with it is we don't know. We don't know. We talk about this every single day. We talk yeah. about baseball every single day. And yet, who else is covering this? Who else why why? Is this not being brought to light more than by Evan Drellick? You know, it has to be something that we have to have more transparency with it. And mm-hmm. and we don't have any transparency, and there's really no answers to it. Tim Kawakami wrote a great article. I know we've had him on. There are some people, um, the Brave, writing articles about it. And then I know in the past they've gotten shit from the A's, but I think the A's have even kind of quit on – bothering anyone right now because they have their own problems so we'll keep talking about it because it's hurting our sport Todd father you're a player it doesn't even matter if you're on the A's anymore you're just a player period yeah you don't know where you're playing you know in the AL West in 2025 I know it sounds like first world whatever it's a baseball problem it's no big deal but it's real they put this schedule together like this could affect a freaking you know concert that's going on in another ballpark in 2025. You know what I'm saying? Because they just have no idea how to make a schedule for one of the teams yet. They don't know where they're going to be. 
Like it's time. Yeah. You got to figure that out. It, it, it can't be that complicated. Yeah. What do you just write the name in? You just say like X on there and hopefully they know exactly where they're <laughs> going to be on the road. You know what I mean? So it's, um, it changes the game. Flights, scheduling. San Francisco. There's some rumors that, you know, they still would potentially either play in San Francisco, which I have a hard time seeing, or no, in Oakland. No, if I, they I somehow make some deal with Oakland to stay there for another year or two, I have a hard time seeing no. that. But if that does happen, like let's say you have penciled in Salt Lake City and then, you know, Fisher comes to you six months later and can't figure that out because he wants too much money from them. And then they're like, oh, we were going to work out something with San Francisco. They have to blow up the schedule and start again. It's frustrating for the league at this point. I know most people can't talk about it, but we can. Cares about I just the set the I just set the odds here. What are you guys taking? It's paying minus three hundred. They stay in Oakland until they move to Vegas. It's paying plus two fifty. They go to Sacramento slash San Jose, or three plus six hundred is paying other. I'm definitely not paying the. First option, I don't think they're staying in Oakland the whole way through. Yeah, I mean, but that contract, that TV contract, they got to stay in that area. And you know he wants that cash heesh. That yeah, but cash. they have to have a deal with the ballpark to stay. Do you know what I'm, I'm saying? Just saying? I'm just saying. Or the, or they they go to like a university and go to one of those top-notch universities and use that field. Not out of the woodworks. I mean, you never know. Dude, they could play any – they might play on the moon. I have no idea what's going on at this point. So I'll take – wait, what was your – so I'm definitely not taking the Oakland option. What was the other option? 250 in Sacramento. Plus, plus 250 Sacramento slash San Jose. Still out of the jurisdiction. It's out of the territory. So I'll take I'll, I'll take other. I actually think Salt Lake City is the front runner because they've at least been pushing hard that they want a team there. I think they want to prove that they – deserve to have a team and it for them it's kind of an ideal scenario yeah it's a tryout you get to show off a a city that certainly in my mind can field a team in the future but the beauty of it for them is they know that they're not getting that team so they're like ah we have to deal with this loser john fisher but at least we don't have to deal with him permanently he's leaving and then we get to prove that we deserve our own team (laughs) at least least we're not married oh (laughs) The only, the only one not married is is Scott. He needs he needs to get married to it. All right. There's no money that would <laughs> that, that I would take to take John Fisher to bring John Fisher in and no marry money to that organization. Mm-mm. Nope. There's We're principle out. involved here. So all right, the uh, the saga continues. In, in my mind, it does sound like when you hear the boss of baseball say, "Need clarity," quote in the next few months. To me. I feel like a little bit of tension and frustration starting to boil because they're well, think it's about, about it. time, man. The guy needs it. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Wait, you. Top, no, but Todd, ma- okay. Imagine this, right? You got to sit in a meeting where you own some super lucrative business. But if you say one bad word about one of the other owners, then you basically get like outed, not literally with your team, but they're just going to be against you for life. So they all have to be in cahoots and say, oh, we're going to vote for this guy. This guy's okay. So you have to take your own reputational hit to front the guy who's a disaster owner in our sport, who is poison in our sport. And then he keeps messing up. Eventually, you know you'd be on the phone with this dude. Like, get your shit together because you're making all of us look terrible. Yeah, there's got to be more to it that we're not – we're missing because this is – 
just getting just getting a little long and then people are getting irritated bro that's the nature of it and you can't do anything about it i guess i'll tell you the main problem i'm going to generalize a little bit here but when somebody makes a fortune and they're a brilliant business person and then they have a kid who's not qualified to continue the business it's a problem that's what's going on right now there you go sometimes they are sometimes they're not this dude was born on third base thinks he had a triple and can't get home that's why Kratzy's going to be the next owner of the Oakland A's pretty soon. I hope so. Jeez. With all that cost. So. Hey, ah, we'll keep talking about it. The Orioles have new ownership, <laughs> and this is a renaissance period in Baltimore oh, now. So anyway, we'll keep talking about it as the news flows. We'll get to the Olympic stuff tomorrow. We kind of ran out of time here, but at least we got Hater's take. Hater was awesome, by the way. That was a great interview. Oh, um, solid, solid. Oh, Kratz hats. What do you got? Ooh. Lehigh Batty, I don't pigs. Look at it! Oh. Look at a little, look at a little mm. tail coming out. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that one a, a D. Oh, yeah, I'm not a fan. Not a fan of that one. I'll be honest. I don't like the two tone brim. Hat. Yeah, no. I, I I'm, the logo. Tone, the logo. I like. I don't, I don't like two-tone. the logo because it doesn't even look like an eye to me. It looks like a piece of lumber. <laughs> not a fan. Two sided screwdriver. D. Yeah, I'm with you, Todd Father. That's a D for me. Yes. That one's rough. Rough. Don't say that. Get <laughs> we'll have a good we'll have a good guest list tomorrow. Um, Jose, Jose Trevino. Jose is Trevino. Let's go. Hell yeah! Oh, you got the glove. I like that. Jose catchers not included. only report to spring training, but they report to FT. Exactly. We got a few others in the works. You know, we'll show up. We always do. Unlike the A's. See you on Friday. It, it, see you later.